0: For your morning, all the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.
1: Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deb Valentine. Also coming up, sports, traffic, and weather business too. Here's your top five at five.
2: This is the top
3: five at five.
1: Well, a majority of Americans think democracy is at risk of extinction. New Yorkers disagreeing with the city's new mayor that a subway crime is a perception of fear following a fatal subway push. And the family of that woman fatally pushed into a subway train Saturday is demanding justice. China's population, it's on the decline, sparking fears of economic and political ramifications. Six years after his untimely death, a court battle involving the multi-million dollar estate of pop star Prince is over. Well, Americans think U.S. democracy is at risk of extinction. Now, this is the finding in a new poll surrounding the first year anniversary of President Joe Biden's first year in office. 51% 51 of res- 51% of fifty-one of respondents say democracy is in danger of extinction, and 23% told a poll they weren't sure, and about 26% said democracy's survival is secured for future generations. Sean Cooperman Research did this poll following President Biden's speech in Atlanta, Georgia, about the Capitol riot January 6th, during which Biden said a year ago a dagger was literally held at the throat
3: of American democracy. We must stand strong and stand together to make sure January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning, a renaissance of our democracy.
1: Former President Donald Trump firing his base out in Arizona on Saturday. Trump predicting a red wave of victory at the polls in this November's midterm elections. A great red wave
3: is going to begin right here in Arizona, and it's going to sweep across this country. And it's going to wash hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of Democrat socialists out of office with an unstoppable surge of Republican patriots.
1: Trump also again claimed the 2016 presidential election was stolen and Trump touted the right wing conspiracy theory that the FBI was involved in the January 6th riot. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th riot has debunked the theory after interviewing Ray Epps seen on video urging rioters into the U.S. Capitol. He was removed from the FBI's most wanted list without ever being charged. Statistics refute new New York City Mayor Eric Adams claims that rioters' fears about subway crime are simply perceptions of Fear. New NYPD crime stats, in fact, show crime jumped by more than one third during the first two weeks of this year. Transit crime soared 65.5% with 96 serious crimes versus 58 last year. Adams defending the work of officers throughout the transit system following Saturday's fatal subway push.
2: So it's a partnership that we're developing. But there's one body of people that has not failed riders, and that, are, that is the men and women who are on the system every day. These transit officers who are signed here, they have done an amazing job of dealing with crime. I must do the job with the commissioner of dealing with the perception and the failure of our mental health services.
1: Michelle Goh is the woman pushed to her death. Her family says they are shocked over her death, calling the push a senseless act of violence and calling for justice. More and Mayor Adams here. He says more needs to be done to address mental health issues.
2: We're going to continue to enhance to deal with the mental health crises that we have in our system. Far too many people are using the system as homeless for homes, but not getting the services they deserve and not ensuring that the city is responding appropriately to them.
1: So Go was an advocate for the homeless. She was a volunteer. Dana Cassidy is with the New York Junior League. She clearly had a very strong passion for working one-on-one with these populations in need in the community, and she did it for a decade And 61-year-old Simon Marshall is a guy charged with second-degree murder in this case. He turned himself into cops. His family says he suffers from schizophrenia. You know, there is a vigil tonight in Times Square at 6 p.m. for Go organized by Asians Fighting for Justice. Go's death, though, not being investigated as a hate crime by the NYPD. Well, China's population's on the decline for the fifth year in a row. China's birth rate is down, and that decline could indicate a demographic crisis for Beijing that could undermine its economy and political stability as life expectancy increases. The number of births fell to 10.6 million in 2021 compared to 12 million the year before. China's ruling Communist Party has taken steps to address the declining birth rate, easing its notorious one child policy, initially allowing two children in 2016, up to three since then. The heat,
4: the heat me and you.
5: All right,
1: a little prince. Five years after the death of Prince, the legal battle over his multi-million dollar estate has finally ended. Prince died of a fentanyl overdose back in twenty sixteen. He was only fifty-seven years old, but he didn't leave a will, so his whole battle began after the IRS valued his estate at about 163 million, and Commercial Bank and Trust valued Prince's estate at eighty-two point three million bucks. During this court battle, two siblings died, Alfred Jackson and John R. Nelson. So according now to ABC News, Prince's estate will be split. Between administrators, and uh, they will eventually divide that estate between three oldest heirs and a New York music company called primary wave. 77 WABC time check 507. That's time for a look at the roads and the rails. Here's Joan Holman. Well, again, good morning, Deb. Good morning, everybody.
0: On the Long Island Expressway, on the outbound side, right by Utopia Parkway, there was an overturned vehicle. They've just got that out of the way, so all lanes have been reopened, so that is good news as you travel either way because, of course, that would have caused rubbernecking on the inbound side as well. Now, if you're in central New Jersey, Raritan Borough, rather, had coming on up to route 202, a water main break, that's off on the shoulder and on the subways we're having problems there's no b z or w service today and alternate side again today is in effect i'm joe nolan with traffic talk radio 77 wabc
1: your forecast from the ramsey Monster weather center mostly sunny day today but breezy or high near 35 the wind chill between 15 and 25 wind gusts in the mid to upper 30s a partly cloudy overnight the low down to 30 the wind chill between 25 and 30 right now We have a reading of 31 degrees and cloudy skies. All right, 77WABC time check is 5.08. I'm Deborah Valentine with your early news. Also coming up, we have a look at sports, business, of course, weather and more traffic. Well, did the U.S. intelligence under the Biden administration drop the ball? That U.K. terrorist shot dead following a... Siege at a Texas synagogue last weekend, spent time in homeless shelters, and bought his gun right off the streets. Malik Faisal Akram demanded the release of a convicted terrorist known as Lady Al-Qaeda, so he and she... Could die together. Now, the FBI originally designed, denied the terrorist connection here. Akram landed in New York back on January 2nd, likely on a flight from Manchester into JFK Airport. He was then granted entry into the United States despite having a legal record. Here's Rabbi Charlie Citron Walker recounting the terrifying ordeal on CBS.
6: It didn't look good, it didn't sound good. We were very we were terrified, and when I saw an opportunity uh, where he wasn't in a good position, I asked, made sure that the two gentlemen who were still with me um, that they were that they were ready to go.
1: Akram was shot and killed by the FBI in a hail of bullets. At first, the FBI said. The hostage standoff at that Texas synagogue was not specifically related to the Jewish community. It then changed its tune, admitting it was a terrorism-related matter in which the Jewish community was targeted. And Rabbi Charlie Citron Walker has credited, credited active shooter training for helping him save his congregants. The rabbi revealed on Monday that he actually threw a chair at the terrorists so he and others could finally escape the terrifying 10-hour standoff Saturday at his congregation Beth Israel in Colleyville. Here he is again on
6: CBS. I told them to go. I threw a chair at the gunman, and I headed for the door. And all three of us were able to get out without even a shot being fired.
1: UK Home Secretary Priti Patel told the House of Commons on Monday that she had spoken to her U.S. counterpart, Alejandro Mayorkas, and offered the full support of the British Police and Security Services as this investigation <laughs> continues. Oh, a new warning from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci is warning that the Omicron variant may not be the final strain of COVID-19. Dr. Fauci warning that A new strain that is resistant to natural immunity provided by infection could actually emerge and keep the pandemic going. Here's Dr. Fauci on Bloomberg Television.
3: You want to get it at a level that doesn't disrupt society. That's my definition of what
0: endemicity would mean, a non-disruptive presence without elimination. I would hope that that's the case, but that would only be the case if we don't get another variant that eludes the immune response
1: all right, here are the latest statistics. The U.S. averaging 1,839 COVID-19 deaths per day. Now, that's a 36% increase over the past two weeks. However, deaths remain lower than they were at the height of the Delta surge. The U.S. daily COVID case average eclipsed to over 800,000 for the first time ever over the weekend. President Joe Biden took aim at Republican state legislatures passing election security laws during his speech marking Martin Luther King Jr. on Monday. Of course, the federal holiday, Biden using his address, memorializing the slain civil rights leader to attack his rivals and push his federal voting legislation.
3: On this federal holiday that honors him, it's not just enough to praise him. We must commit to his unfinished work to deliver jobs and justice to protect the sacred right to vote, the right from which all other rights flow.
1: Republican Congressman Burgess Owens of Utah slamming Biden for using the slain civil rights leader's memory to push his election agenda. Here is Owens in a message posted to his Twitter handle.
2: I often say that a black American history is so rich because of the heroes that came before us, heroes like Martin Luther King Jr. and so many others who recognize injustice strove to help their brothers and sisters and dreamed of a world outside the chains of inequity.
1: Now it's opposition from members of Biden's own party, moderate senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, who have halted Biden's efforts to pass the filibuster reform by Martin Luther King Jr. Day. More finger pointing at the Trump administration. The administration is accused now of unprecedented meddling in the 2020 census election. This surrounds an alleged effort to try and stop undocumented migrants from being counted so congressional districts won't be reapportioned in their favor. So the president has also made regular claims about voter fraud, alleging that illegal immigrants who vote fraudulently are for more likely to opt for the Democratic Party.
3: Last year we had a rigged election and the proof is all over the place. We have a lot of proof and they know it's proof. They always talk about the big lie.
2: They're the big lie.
1: So Trump's alleged attempts to influence the census could limit the impact of this illegal voting by actually limiting the number of Democratic candidates these fraudulent voters would have the option to actually file ballots for. Well, there are renewed fears of a new Cold War with Russia. It all centers on the buildup of Russian military troops at the Ukraine border, some 100,000 Russian troops at that border. The top Republican on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Representative Michael McCall, he's a Republican out of Texas on CNN's State of the Union. He refers to Russian President Vladimir
3: Putin. He knows that if he's ever going to invade Ukraine, now is the time. Uh, I hope he doesn't make that miscalculation. But the fact is... If he does invade Ukraine, what is the United States, what is our commander in chief prepared to do to stop it?
1: So his remarks come as up to 100,000 Russian troops have, of course, amassed at the border with Ukraine. <coughs> President Biden has threatened severe economic sanctions against Russia if it chooses to invade. However, Republicans, including McCall, want the administration to take more action ahead of any Invasion. Concerns mounted after the White House revealed that it had, had intelligence, which actually does suggest Russian operatives, have been deployed to conduct a false flag attack in eastern Ukraine that will act as a pretext for Moscow to actually invade. All right, 787 WABC Time Check 515. Deb Valentine with your early news. And now, Justin Ellis has a look at
6: sports. Morning, Justin. Good morning, Deb. How are you today? Good. All right, I can't complain myself. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. The opening round of NFL playoff games came to a close last night in Los Angeles between the Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. A game that was expected to be one of the more competitive playoff games thus far turned out to be anything but that as Matthew Stafford and the Rams steamrolled the Cardinals by a score of 34 to 11. So it'll be the Los Angeles Rams who will head to Tampa next weekend to face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. We'll have the rest of the playoff game slated for this weekend for you later on in the week. Some hot seat news out of the NFL as well as just two days removed from their crushing wild card round loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Las Vegas Raiders have fired fired General Manager Mike Mayock Mayock endured a tumultuous three seasons as the team's GM, producing a 25-24 and 24 overall on-field product and the team's first playoff appearance since 2016. The Raiders have already begun the process of finding their next general manager, requesting an interview with New England Patriots director of personnel, Dave Ziegler, a source told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Quick look at the Knicks and Nets, who both suffered losses yesterday afternoon. The Knicks fell 97-87 to 87 to the Hornets at home. Charlotte was without star point guard Lamelo Ball, but Miles Bridges made sure he wasn't missed. He was lost it.
3: Shot clock like at five. Gets in the corner. Bridges fakes. Bridges drives inside. Ramsey banks it all with English. Another beautiful move from Miles Bridges.
6: Our good buddy Mike Breen on the horn for that one. Bridges finished with a career high 38 points and 12 rebounds to boot, and we're out to the road victory. The Knicks will remain home tonight at MSG World, where they will welcome in the Minnesota Timberwolves. That tip off is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Now for the Nets and their Monday afternoon loss, which came at the hands of the Cleveland Cavaliers, Brooklyn began a stretch of games without injured superstar Kevin Durant and his absence proved to be costly as they'll hit the road to DC fresh off a 114 to 107 loss. Their date with the Wizards is set for tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Flyers at Islanders, uh, the Isles might as well carpool with the Flyers back to South Philly where the second half of a home-and-home is scheduled for 7 p.m. tonight. Devils were postponed last night in Toronto and are set to skate again tomorrow night when they face off with the Phoenix Coyotes at 7 p.m. Eastern in Newark. The Rangers will be back at it tomorrow night as well when they battle the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Garden. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. And,
1: Justin, have you realized that we're 2-for-2 two two now and are wrongly predicting what team is going to win?
6: Yeah, I'm going to say the juju uh, doesn't lie with us, Deb. So, any <laughs> predictions here, we're wrong. Exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs> well, somebody who's not wrong. The best in uh, the traffic business here is Joe Nolan. (laughs) Long Island Expressway on the outbound side. At Utopia
0: Parkway, an overturned vehicle. Two lanes are out of service there. If you're on the eastbound side of 280 at exit 17, again, that stall is still there. Right lane out of service as you come eastbound in Kearney. That would right be uh, right by the end there in Harrison Avenue. And then also on Route 202, this is in Raritan Borough, New Jersey, northbound. Just before you get to the Somerville Circle on Route 202, there's a water main break. It's off on the shoulder. Now, Mass Transit seems to be in pretty good shape this morning, except for the subways. The B, the W, and the Z, the three of those are not running. And alternate right side again today is going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77, WABC.
1: Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for a mostly sunny day. Today breezy, though, the high near 35, wind gusts in the upper 30s, partly cloudy overnight. The low is down to 30 and still breezy with winds uh, near about uh, 23 miles per hour. Right now, we have a reading of 31 degrees, so just, just below freezing cloudy skies. Well, here's Frank Diaz with an E with a look at your business report.
7: I uh, see so you took a uh, cue from Sid there. Thank yes. you, Dan. Good morning, a everybody. Great
1: person to take a cue from. Uh, of course, Bernie and Sid coming up at 6. Absolutely.
7: <laughs> well, U.S. stock futures fell early today as traders braced for the latest batch of corporate earning reports. Futures tied to the Dow Jones slipped by uh, just under 300 points or about 0.8%. S&P 500 futures fell about 1.2%. And NASDAQ 100 futures declined about 2%. U.S. markets are closed Monday due to Martin Luther King holiday. The shortened trading week will feature quarterly reports from 35 companies in the S&P 500, including Bank of America, United Health, and Netflix. Goldman Sachs is also set to post its most recent quarterly figures Tuesday before the bell. Well, store shelves throughout the U.S. are obviously left empty amid a surge in COVID cases and ongoing supply chain issues. Uta- U.S. retailers are facing roughly 12% out-of-stock levels on food beverages, household cleaning, and personal hygiene products, so you might have a hard time getting some toothpaste. The problem is more acute with food products, where out-of-stock levels have reached about 15%. The shortages come as more people are getting infected or exposed to the mild Omicron variant and are forced to self-isolate for five days, driving up demand while decreasing the workforce. Supply chain issues are also still ongoing with cargo ships filled with supplies off the coast of California. And transportation costs have skyrocketed in recent weeks due to the rise in price of gasoline. Well, a new report says that the world's 10 wealthiest men doubled their fortunes during the first two years of the coronavirus pandemic as poverty and inequality soared. In a briefing published during the World Economic Forum, Oxfam said that the men's wealth jumped from about $700 billion to $1.5 trillion at an average rate of $1.3 billion a day. Among the 10 world's richest men are the usual suspects, Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg, and Amazon chief Jeff Bezos. Oxfam said that the billionaire's wealth rose more during the pandemic than it did in the previous 14 years where the world economy was suffering the worst recession since the Wall Street crash of 1929. called for governments to impose a one-time 99% tax on the world's billionaires and use the money to fund expanded productions of vaccines for the poor, part of an effort to combat global inequality widened by the coronavirus pandemic.
8: Hi, everyone. This is Lydia Serrani And on the line with me right now is New York City's top crime reporter, Tina Moore of the New York Post. She is the police bureau chief, and she's got her office right there at 1PP with the pulse on everything going on. This horrific crime, the subway shoving that happens over the weekend, 40-year-old Michelle Go of the Upper West Side. The suspect, Simon Marshall, clearly has mental health issues, proclaiming that he was God. What's the latest on that case?
4: Well, we spoke to his sister today, and she told us that she had tried to get a hospital to keep him inside. She knew that he, he was he was uh, having problems. I don't think she realized how dangerous he was or that it would come to this, but she knew he was in trouble, and she tried
8: to get a hospital to keep him, and, and they didn't. Isn't ridership down, and yet we keep hearing about more and more crimes on the subway? Yeah, ridership is down, but I'm looking at this situation subway uh,
4: comp stat right now, which are the figures on all the crime in, in the subway, robbery, assault and grand
8: larcenies um, are up in the subway system. If we don't get the crime under control on the subways, how are we expected to get all the riders back on the trains and get New York City back open again?
4: I, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I, we had somebody in the story today saying, you know, she's been paying for Ubers or in cars to get to work uh, about $500 a month or something like that just to not take the subway. And a lot of people don't have a choice, and they have to take it. So there there are the people who are, who are
8: there underground. How are police reacting to this? Because they are aware that these Mentally ill people are on the subways, but they're pretty much powerless to do anything about it. Well, the
4: mayor and the police commissioner said, uh, I think about 10 days ago, that they were going to be putting more police officers underground in transit, including cops who are on the street in their cars, who are in the middle of a call, and also police who might be behind the desk at a precinct station house. Um, I think, you know, I have seen some evidence of that. I don't know. I don't have any numbers yet. Uh, so I, I, they're
8: trying. They say
4: they're trying to do something about it.
8: Are police frustrated? You're right there at one police plaza. Do they feel like they could be doing more, but because of kind of the red tape and bureaucracy, politics, they're not able to? I know they feel frustrated about people getting out
4: immediately after being arrested for certain lower level crimes, even if they've done the same crimes before, say, like shoplifting, even shoplifting with a weapon that they didn't necessarily use. Uh, And then, you know, the district attorney's office. Not doing anything to to keep the people off the street uh, from the crime
8: and, and to keep the crimes from happening again. I know they're frustrated about that. D. A. Bragg, I heard there was a mass exodus from his office. Nine prosecutors. Do you think anything will change regarding his memo? Are you hearing anything?
4: I was told by his office um, yesterday that a crime like this, uh, this homicide, this you know, being pushed under the tracks and
8: killed, is going to be treated seriously and, and, and prosecuted aggressively. But the goal is to prevent those type of crimes, those murders from happening in the first place. I think that's what most New Yorkers feel, right?
4: Right. Yeah. And I think that without making arrests in some of those lower level crimes
8: uh, or keeping people behind bars, I don't know how you can prevent something like this from happening. Thank you so much, Tina Moore, again, of the New York Post Police Bureau Chief. And again, this is Lydia Serrani for the early news.
0: at that ramp one lane going to be out in new jersey you have that problem on 280 still as you come into exit 17 and disabled in the right lane attention long Island railroad customers you've got a problem some delays and cancellations on the huntington Port Jefferson cockama and the oyster bay a track condition by Mineola. they're working on and no bc and w subway service and all that inside again today is in effect i'm joe nolan with traffic on talk radio 77 wabc
1: And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A mostly sunny day today, but breezy wind gusts in the mid to upper 30s are high near 35. Partly cloudy skies overnight, the low below freezing down to 30. Well, just as we talked about that tragic case over the weekend, there's still more below ground madness. Police say that a 24-year-old man was beaten and robbed at gunpoint. At a Manhattan subway station. Now, this happened early Monday. The victim was actually standing on the northbound A&E train platform at West 4th Street in Greenwich Village just before 3.30 in the morning when three men approached. And the NYPD says one of the men flashed a gun and then punched and kicked this guy before snatching his wallet and his cell phone. The trio took off. The man was then taken to Lenox Health Greenwich Village for cuts to his face. No arrests yet. In that case, it is still under investigation. 77 WABC Time Check 529. We'll be back with more early news, sports, weather, traffic, and business right after the break.
0: Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.
1: Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News, along with sports, weather, traffic, and business. I'm Deborah Valentine. Here's your top five at 530. It's the top five at 530. Well, a majority of Americans think democracy is at risk of extinction. New Yorkers disagree with the city's new mayor that subway crime is a perception of fear following a fatal subway push. And the family of that woman fatally pushed into a subway train Saturday is demanding justice. China's population, it's on the decline, sparking fears of economic and political ramifications. Six years after his untimely death, a court battle involving the multi-million dollar estate of pop star Prince, it's over. Well, Americans think U.S. democracy is actually at the risk of extinction. That's the finding of a new poll surrounding the first year anniversary of President Joe Biden's first year in office. Now, 51 percent of respondents say democracy is in danger of extinction. Now, 23 percent said they weren't sure. And about 26 percent said democracy's survival is secured for future generations. Sean Cooperman Research did that poll following President Biden's speech in Atlanta about the Capitol riot, during which Biden said a year ago, a dagger was literally held at the throat of
3: American democracy. We must stand strong and stand together to make sure January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning, of a renaissance of our democracy.
1: Former President Donald Trump firing up his base out in Arizona on Saturday, predicting A red wave of victory at the polls in this November's midterms. Okay, uh, we will have Donald Trump for you in a little bit. And uh, Trump during that speech also again claimed that the 2016 presidential election was stolen. Trump touting the right-wing conspiracy theory that the FBI was involved in the January 6th riot. The House Select Committee investigating the riot had debunked the theory after interviewing Ray Epps, seen on video, urging rioters into the Capitol. He had been removed from the FBI's most wanted list without ever being charged. Let's move on to uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams' st- statistics, actually refuting the new mayor's claims that riders' fears about subway crime are simply perceptions of fear. He said that last weekend during a press conference following this fatal subway push. But new NYPD crime stats actually show crime jumped by more than one third during the first two weeks of this year. Transit crime soared 65.5% with 96 serious crimes versus 58 last year. Adams, though, defending the work of officers throughout the transit system following Saturday's fatal subway push.
2: So it's a partnership that we're developing. But there's one body of people that has not failed riders, and that, are, that is the men and women who are on the system every day. These transit officers who are assigned here, they have done an amazing job of dealing with crime. I must do the job with the commissioner of dealing with the perception And the failure of our mental health services.
1: Michelle Goh's family, meanwhile, says they are shocked over her death, calling the push a senseless act of violence and calling for justice. Under District Attorney Alvin Bragg's policies, progressive policies, lax on crime, Mayor Adams says, more needs to be done to address mental health issues.
2: We're going to continue to enhance to deal with the mental health crises that we have in our system. Far too many people are using the system as, homeless, as for homes for not getting the services they deserve and not ensuring that the city is responding appropriately to them.
1: Now, ironically, Go was an advocate. She was a volunteer for the homeless. Dana Cassidy of the New York Junior League says Go, in fact, worked hard for the homeless. She clearly had a very strong passion for working one-on-one with these populations in need in the community, and she did it for a decade. All right. 61 year old Simon Marshall charged with second degree murder in this case. He turned himself into cops. His family says he suffers from schizophrenia. And there is a vigil tonight in Times Square. It'll be held at 6 p.m. for Go. It's organized by Asians Fighting for Justice, though Go's death is not being investigated, actually, as a hate crime by the NYPD. Well, China's population's on the decline for the fifth year in a row. China's birth rate down. The decline could indicate a demographic crisis for Beijing that could undermine its economic and political stability as life expectancy, too, is on the increase. The number of births actually fell to 10.6 million in 2021 compared to 12 million the year before. China's ruling Communist Party has taken steps to address the decline allowing its one-child policy to expire, initially allowing two children back in 2016. It is now three. 77 WABC time check is 537. Let's get a look at the roads and the rails with Joe Nolan. If you're heading out there again this morning, Deb, we've got a few
0: things out there already. Now on the West Side Highway, northbound 12th Avenue, that on-ramp of 57th Street, there's an accident. One lane going to be out. Also delays inbound on the Gowanus BQA at the Prospect. A disabled truck, right lane 280 eastbound, exit 17, a disabled right lane. Northbound Route 202 in Raritan, water main break, that's on the shoulder. Long Island Railroad, still some delays, cancellations are possible. On the Huntington Port Jeff Front Concom Oyster Bay branches. That with the track condition by Minneola and there's no B Z or W an alternate sign again today is in effect. I'm Joan Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio seventy seven W A B C
1: Your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center calling for mostly sunny day today or high near thirty-five. Breezy conditions though, wind gusts in the mid to upper thirties, so a partly cloudy overnight, the low blow freezing down around thirty. 77 WABC Time Check 538. Deb Valentine with your early news. We also have sports, uh, business uh, coming up as well and more traffic. Well, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. That is just one of the many of the profound quotes by the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., whose Impact the Nation, as well as 77 WABC Radio, celebrated on Monday. We spoke to New York Attorney General Tish James on how she continues Dr. King's legacy. And joining me right now is New York
8: State Attorney General Tish James. How are you, Ms. James? I'm fine, and you? Good, good. So talk to me about what Dr. Martin Luther King meant to you. You are a black, proud woman. You have broken boundaries. You have broken old stereotype. Tell me, how does that make you feel and how Dr. King impacted
5: your life? So that means a lot, but it means nothing. <laughs> the reality is people get all these titles, and the reality is really what do you do with the power that's in your hands? And although I am African-American... Um, I will not be defined by my race. I will be defined by my ability to improve the lives of others and make a difference in the lives of others. Um, and that is what Dr. King stood for. He wanted us to live in a society where we would not judge by the color of our skin but by the content of our character. And what I do each and every day is wake up, and my question is, what can I do? to protect the rights of New Yorkers? How do I protect vulnerable, marginalized populations? And how can I improve upon and make this a more perfect union?
8: We talk about Republican, Democrat, Independent, but if you think about it, we're all on the same side. We're all on the same side. We just want a better life for our kids, safe streets, for everybody to have a proper education that they deserve because education
5: is the greatest equalizer. Dr. King spoke spoke about optimism and he spoke about compassion. And there was a sense of Um, He spoke of a sense he had a sense of prophecy Um, and, you know, you have to think about others. And oftentimes, as um, Reverend Bernard said, that when it comes to change, if it affects one's pocketbook, it affects one's lifestyle, then they're resistant to it. And we've got to think about others because we can't take what we have um, to our grave. And the re- reality is, is you really should be defined about how much you make a difference and how much change you can make in this society. You know, yesterday I was at the service of these uh, 17 people who lost their lives as a result of a fire, which was highly preventable in the, Bronx. in the Bronx. And I just thought about all of the individuals, the thousands of individuals who came out in the frigid coal yesterday um, to give their to pay their respect. Um, and what we need to do is improve the housing stock in the Bronx because some of the worst fires have, have happened in the Bronx. So what can we do to improve the housing stock in the Bronx? What can we do to prevent um, that a fire from happening? The youngest victim was two years old, a baby. Um, eight of their victims were children. Mm. Um, it should, It broke my heart, and it brought me to tears. And so I'm going to not just talk about Dr. King, but... Be like Dr. King.
8: Thank you so much, Attorney General Tish James. Thank you for all that you do for New York and for America. Thank you. Bless you and God bless America. And God bless our country and
5: God bless New York.
1: All right. And you can also hear more of our interviews celebrating Dr. King and go to our website, WABCRadio.com. The WABC Early News. Well, Senate Democrats believe there's actually a good chance that the Department of Justice will prosecute former President Trump for trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election and inciting the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. Now, of course, this could have major political reverberations ahead of the 2024 presidential election. Attorney General Merrick Garland has provided little indication about whether or not the Department of Justice has its prosecutorial sights set on Trump or not. Here is Garland earlier this month.
3: The Justice Department remains committed to holding all January 6th perpetrators at any level accountable under law, whether they were present that day or were otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy.
1: So Democratic lawmakers do think that Trump committed federal crimes, but they admit that Garland would need to proceed cautiously. The potential investigation could backfire on Democrats. Because it could vindicate Trump, just as that inconclusive report by former special counsel Robert Mueller's team was seized upon by Trump and his allies to declare his exoneration on a separate series of allegations. A longtime Democratic strategist, James Carville, criticizing fellow Democrats. Carville says Democrats whine too much. He's urging Democrats instead to gloat about the successes leading into the 2022 midterms.
3: It's quit being a whiny party. And get out there and and fight and tell people what you did and tell people the exact truth. The Republican Party stands for nothing other than let's relitigate the 2020 election or let's get back at Jamie Raskin. That's it. That's the entire platform. All
1: right. He made those comments on Meet the Press. Carville, you might remember, was the lead strategist for former President Bill Clinton's 1992 campaign. And he advised Democrats to gloat what you promote. Carville, known as the Raging Cajun, said the Democratic, the Republican Party has absolutely no accomplishments to tout. Well, Virginia school districts responded swiftly, as you can imagine, to newly sworn in Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin's order to lift mask mandates in schools. School districts down in Richmond, Alexandria, Fairfax, and Arlington counties have all said their mask policies remain in effect. Youngkin slammed that response.
3: Well, what that tells me is they haven't listened to parents yet. And if there's one thing that hopefully everybody heard in November is it is time to listen to parents. So over the course of this week, I hope they will listen to parents. Because we will use every resource within the governor's authority to explore what what we can do and will do in order to make sure that parents' rights are protected.
1: Youngkin's executive order actually allows parents to choose whether or not their child wears a mask in school or not. The order did not go into effect, though, just yet. That happens January 24th, and Youngkin says this gives school districts enough time to implement those new policies that he signed into order all right 77 wabc time check five forty-five on the dot here's justin ellick
6: with a look at sports thanks deb i am justin ellick here with your early news sports update the opening round of nfl playoff games came to a close last night in los angeles between the rams and the arizona cardinals a game that was expected to be one of the more competitive playoff games thus far turned out to be anything but that as matthew stafford and the rams steamrolled steamrolled the cardinals by a score of 34 to 11 So it'll be the Los Angeles Rams who will head to Tampa next weekend to face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. We'll have the rest of the playoff games slated for this weekend for you later on in the week. Some hot seat news out of the NFL as well as just two days removed from their crushing wild card round loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Las Vegas Raiders have fired general manager Mike Mayock. Mayock endured a tumultuous three seasons as the team's GM, producing a 25-24 overall on-field product and the team's first playoff appearance since 2016. The Raiders have already begun the process of finding their next general manager, requesting an interview with New England Patriots director of personnel Dave Ziegler, a source told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Quick look at the Knicks and Nets, who both suffered losses yesterday afternoon. The Knicks fell 97-87 to the Hornets at home. Charlotte was was without star point guard LaMelo Ball, but uh, Miles Bridges made sure he wasn't missed. He was lost. It shot clock like at
3: five. gets in the corner. Bridges fakes. Bridges drives inside. reversing banks it home with English. Another beautiful move from Miles Bridges.
6: Our good buddy Mike Breen on the horn for that one. Bridges finished with a career high thirty-eight points and twelve rebounds to boot, and route to the road victory the Knicks will remain home tonight at MSG where they'll be, uh, where they'll welcome in the Minnesota Timberwolves. That tip-off is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Now for the Nets and their Monday afternoon loss, which came at the hands of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Brooklyn began a stretch of games without injured superstar Kevin Durant and his absence proved to be costly as they'll hit the road to D.C. fresh off of a 114-107 loss. Their date with the Wizards is set for tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Flyers at Islanders last night saw the Islanders notch a 4-1 to home win. They might as well carpool the Flyers back to South Philly where the second half of a home and home is scheduled for 7 p.m. tonight. Devils were post-fun last night in Toronto and are set to skate again tomorrow night when they face off with the Phoenix Coyotes at 7 p.m. Eastern in Newark. The Rangers will be back at it tomorrow night as well when they battle the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Garden. That's your early news sports update and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC.
1: All right. We've got Joe Nolan with a look at traffic. And Joe, you know, I love some of the phrases you use, like big old, big old. We got a big old traffic accident.
0: (laughs) I don't know where I started doing that. I've been saying that a long (laughs) time. I have no where that came from. But uh, we have our problems on the west side highway coming northbound. 12th Avenue, the west side highway, again, getting on there at 57th Street. An accident. One lane going to be out of service inbound on the Gowanus BQE at the prospect. Disabled truck right lane eastbound, 280 exit 17. Right lane going to be out with a stall. We also have the long, Allen Railroad again some delays and cancellations. On the Huntington Port, Jeff, Ronkonkoma, Oyster Bay, all this because of track condition in Mineola. And still no BZ or W, all of that because of equipment availability. And alternate side of the street, parking rules and regulations are in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77, WABC. And
1: your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny today or high, 35, but windy gusts over 30 miles per hour. Partly cloudy overnight, the low down to 30. All right, with this big old business report. Here's Frank Diaz.
7: Good morning, Deb. U.S. stock futures fell early today as traders braced for the latest batch of corporate earnings reports. Futures tied to the Dow and slipped about 292 points, or about, you know,. Uh, four-fifths of a percent. S&P 500 futures fell about 1.2%, and NASDAQ 100 futures slipped about 2%. U.S. markets obviously closed Monday due to the Martin Luther King holiday. The show in Trading Week will feature quarterly reports of 35 companies in the S&P 500, including Bank of America, United Health, and Netflix. Goldman Sachs is also set to post its most recent quarterly figures Tuesday before the bell. Store shelves throughout the U.S. are left empty amid a surge in COVID cases and ongoing supply chain issues. U.S. retailers are facing roughly 12% out-of-stock levels on food, beverages, household cleaning, and personal hygiene products. Problem is more acute with food products, where out-of-stock levels have reached about 15%. Wow. Well, the shortages come as more people are getting infected or exposed to the mild Omicron variant and are forced to self-isolate for five days, driving up demand while increasing, decreasing the workforce, I should say. Supply chain issues are also still ongoing with cargo ships filled with supplies off the coast of california and in transportation costs have skyrocketed in recent weeks due to the rise in price of gasoline well a new report says the world's 10 wealthiest men doubted doubled their fortunes during the first two years of the coronavirus pandemic as poverty and inequality soared in a briefing published during the world economic forum oxfam said that the men's wealth jumped from about $700 Seven hundred billion dollars to one and a half trillion and an average of one point three billion a day. That's a lot of cash. Among the world's ten richest men are, you know, the usual suspects, Tesla SpaceX CEO Elon Musk, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg, and Amazon's chief jeff bezos i should say meta formerly known as facebook oxfam said the billionaires wealth rose more during the pandemic than it did the previous 14 years when the world economy was suffering the worst recession since the wall street crash of 1929 it called for governments to impose a one-time 99 percent tax that's right you heard it on the world's billionaires and use the money to fund expanded production of vaccines for the poor part of an effort to combat global inequality widened by the coronavirus
1: pandemic all right. Thanks, Frank. 77 WABC. Early news time is 551. And uh, the NYPD says, uh, as New York City Mayor uh, Eric Adams proclaimed, that uh, crime is is a perception in our minds. Uh, there's a, yet another story about more violence in the New York City subway system. Police say that a 24 year old man was beaten and robbed at gunpoint in a Manhattan subway station early on Monday. So This man was actually standing on the northbound A&E train platform at West 4th Street. That's down in Greenwich Village just before 3.30 in the morning when three men approached. So cops say one of the men flashed a gun and then punched and kicked this guy before snatching his wallet and cell phone and taking off. This uh, crime victim taken to Lenox Health Greenwich Village Hospital for cuts to his face. And uh, so far, no arrest in this case. It still is under investigation. And meanwhile, New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, response to the wave of violence hasn't been popular with New Yorkers. New Yorkers reacting harshly on Monday to Adams' claim that they're merely experiencing the perception of fear on the subways.
2: We know that public safety is not only actual, but is perceived. And when you have an incident like this, the perception is what we're fighting against. This is a safe system because of the job that the transit officers have carried out and what this chief has done in this system.
1: But many say they want the mayor to know that they are avoiding riding the rails all over fears of safety. Back on January 6th, her promised to beef up patrols underground by reassigning cops
2: from desk jobs. These new safe options support teams would do just that by helping our homeless New Yorkers access the services they need.
1: And uh, late Monday, too, Monday afternoon, some police actually received orders to conduct at least two subway station inspections on each shift. And the NYPD also adds that over a thousand officers are deployed into the subway system every day to help keep New Yorkers safe. And since the mayor's announcement, Sergeant Edward Riley said there have been approximately 22,000 citywide subway station inspections by both transit and Patrol officers. The United States is averaging now 1,839 COVID 19 deaths per day. Now, that's a 36% increase over the past two weeks. Deaths, though, still remain much lower than they were at the height of the Delta surge. Now, well, what about people being treated for COVID 19 complications? Well, New York City's Governor Kathy Hochul has called on hospitals to keep better records tracking patients needing care for COVID-19 complications. Beginning tomorrow, we're going to be asking all hospitals to break out for us. How many people are being hospitalized
8: because of COVID symptoms? How many people are happen to be testing positive
1: uh, just while they're in there for other treatments? So that's, I think that's important. I, think I just want to always be honest with New Yorkers about how bad this is. All right. New daily cases are only up... over the past week. Now that's compared to a 75% increase the week before. So this surge of Omicron seems to be waning. Cases in New York and New Jersey declining 14% and 20% respectively over the past two weeks as well. Well, A new city report finds that the Big Apple lags behind the rest of the country in its post-pandemic jobs recovery. Now, this report out on January 4th is actually from the city's independent budget office. It finds New York City is not actually expected to reach pre-pandemic job levels until at least the end of 2025. Only around 35 percent of the city jobs lost in calendar year 2020 have actually come back. By the end of 2021, and just over 212,000 of the more than 615,000 jobs the city lost in 2020, or about 35 percent, were actually back last year. So the report finds that hardest hit is the tourist-dependent leisure and hospitality industries. Meanwhile, the United States has gained back nearly all jobs lost during the pandemic and is on course to even surpass the pre-pandemic employment levels this year, but New York City lagging behind. Well, Democrats are poised to take sole control of drawing congressional districts in New York State for the first time in more than 50 years, that after state lawmakers rejected maps from an independent commission. The proposals were voted down last week by wide margins in the New York State Assembly and Senate. The commission has one more chance, though, to draw acceptable lines later this month before the process would actually shift to the Democratic-dominated state legislature. So what would that mean? If the Democratic-controlled state legislature takes over, it puts New York, of course, a blue state in a position to draw lines that are favorable to Democrats. And that would provide Democrats with three or four additional seats at a time when the House of Representatives has 221 Democrats and 212 Republicans. These new maps would be in place for the 2022 election, barring any legal challenges. All right, let's uh, head out to California. The devastated father of a UCLA grad student who was stabbed to death in broad daylight last week while working at a luxury L.A. furniture store is slamming politicians for ignoring the recent spike in violent crime. Todd Cooper's 24-year-old daughter, Brianna, murdered last Thursday when a male suspect, who is believed to be homeless, walked into Croft House about 1.15 in the afternoon and stabbed her to death. Rabbi Ari Gidry told KTLA that it was shocking for this to happen outside his synagogue.
2: So I came out to find some religious Jews who will join us for the prayer, and that, that's when I saw this this uh, promotion being stabbed to death. That's what I heard. I have a dead body 40 feet away from our synagogue. This is I've never this.
1: So this murder comes amid a huge crime surge under Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon. He's been under fire for failing to crack down on violence out in Los Angeles. LAPD data shows that homicides in LA rose 52% last year from 2019 and shootings up 59% under Gaskin. All right, 77 WABC time check 557. Let's head over to Joe Nolan with a look at traffic and transit.
0: All right, Deb, on the Long Island Expressway as you come inbound at Junction Boulevard, a two-vehicle accident, left lane going to be out, truck and a car involved in that, the right lane out of service. You're also looking at delays as you travel inbound on the Gowanus BQE and Industry City right through the prospect, disabled truck, west side highway, again, the ramp to 12th Avenue. That earlier accident that was out of the way, so that's good news. 280 eastbound, exit 17. Right lane still going to be out. And on the Long Island Railroad again, possible delays, cancellations. Huntington, Port Jeff, Ron Concom Oyster Bay branches. That because of a track condition. Also, there's no B, W, or Z service. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations are in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC.
1: All right, thanks, Joe. And your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center calling for a mostly sunny day today, but breezy wind gusts in the mid to upper 30s, a high near 35 degrees. And tonight, partly cloudy skies, the low down to 30, still breezy with uh, winds in the 20s. All right, right now we have 32 degrees, right at the freezing mark, cloudy skies. All right, Bernie and Sid coming up at 6 o'clock. Sid is here. If you uh, heard Justin laughing during his sports report, that's because Sid was pinching him in his cheeks. All right, Spectacular. Uh, yes, all right. So before the break there, we were talking about George Gaskin, the uh, DA out in Los Angeles, and uh, more on him. Union Pacific has lashed out against the DA, saying his soft-on-crime policies are doing absolutely nothing. To stop thieves, Union Pacific says thefts from its cargo trains, which are parked in Los Angeles County increased, listen to this, 160% during the past year. They also spiked 356% last October compared to the same month back in 2020. And Union Pacific now calling on Gaskin, who's been heavily criticized for his reformative approach to punishment, to do something to help fend off thieves stealing millions of dollars worth of your Amazon and UPS packages. All right, we're coming up to Bernie and Sid at six o'clock. Valentine with your early news. Be back with us tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock.